Riders, and welcome to another edition of The Flow. I am your Ecamm Community Manager, Doc Rock, along with my awesome co-host. Hey everyone, it's Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Today we got an awesome show. We are doing the crossover episode with Mr. Marshall Fox from Marshall Creates. So uh, without further ado, I don't know why, we didn't watch Shakespeare this week. We watched uh, Freddy Krueger on your show. <laughs> it's actually wrong, it's wrong person. It's Michael true. Myers. Wait, we did both. No, we, we didn't did do Freddy. We did both. We did Jason we did and Michael, but Jason not Frederick. Jason and Michael, yeah. Oh, he's coming to get you. That's you another him. crossover episode, Doc. That's another crossover. <laughs> Today we're only crossing over with Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> and just as scary. Okay, hey, Marshall. Oh, you wasn't supposed to do that, Louise. Now you get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome to the show, Marshall. Hey, Kev fan. What's good, y'all? What's, what's up, Katie? What is up, Doc? Happy to be here. Man, listen. Listen, I'm going to tell you, for me, definitely one of the highlights of camp was getting to meet you IRL. Just oh, because sure. we kind of came into ECAM basically at the same time. And so, you know, kind of like the OGs of ECAM. So it was a trip to finally have the opportunity to meet IRL when you have met the majority of the, the Jedi Council, right? Is there anybody in the council you didn't meet yet? No, I haven't met. Well, I've met Alicio and you, but that's it. I haven't, you know, met Marquis. Really? Bradley, Keith. Oh. Or, well, I met Kirk Yeah, Bradley as well. and Keith weren't there. At, yeah, yeah the, key, the Keiths are the last on the list. <laughs> I met everybody yep. else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't meet Alicio yet, but I'll see him in Orlando. All right, so let's dive in. Yeah, yeah. What are we talking about, Kate? <laughs> Today we were talking all about podcast branding. So, you know, branding... And design and figuring out how to make your show look good can be a lot <laughs> for a lot of people. So if you haven't yet checked out Marshall's show, Marshall Creates, he does the show every single Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the EKM YouTube channel. And he actually does a lot of this live. So if you want to, mm -hmm. you know, if you love this episode and follow up with it later, it's definitely worth watching all the way through. But I'm excited to pick your brain today, Marshall, because I think that this is one of those topics where people are like, yes, I want to do a podcast. Yes, I figured out maybe my name. And then it's like, uh, like, what does it look like? <laughs> what is yeah. It, what is the vibe of it and, and approaching all of that? So I guess my first question would be, what are the starting points? So if you're brand new and say like you have your, your name and the concept for what you're going to talk about or what you're, you know, the kind of the main content for your show. How do you think through the look and what, you know, what are the first steps? Yeah. So a lot of the look of your podcast, um, it will be based on the logo that you create. So, um, that, that's one of the first steps, but before you even get to the logo design, it's so important to think about who your audience is, like, who are you speaking to? And mm. if you don't know that, then you should figure that out first. So you should know who your, <laughs> who your audience is. Like, don't just make content for everybody. Um, speak to a specific person. Even if you have a range of, let's say, viewers, who is the type of viewer that's most likely to tune in? Or who is the type of viewer that you're best suited to serve with your content? So name them, you know, give them a name. Let's say it's uh, Felicia, age 32, she has three kids. She has this type of job. This is the type of music that she listens to. These are the pain points that she's dealing with in her life. 
And this is how I can help her through my content. So it's, it's important to think about who that person is. Not to say that you, you'll, you won't have viewers that's outside of that, I guess, psychographic or demographic. Um, but when you're able to kind of speak directly to that person, one, that's how you can grow a lot faster. And two, that's how you can use that information to inform the design, inform the visuals. So when you're creating a logo, you can say, oh, yeah, Felicia would like this. You know, I think she uh, this, you know, she would get this or um, <laughs> on the flip side. I, I don't think Felicia this would appeal to Felicia. Right. So yeah. um, that's the first thing is really figuring out who your audience is and then going into the logo design process and keeping that really simple. Y'all keeping it simple, whether it's something that you do or something that you get help with, um, whether it's a designer or maybe someone on Fiverr, but just to give them enough direction to say, hey, this is. I'm working on a podcast. This is the name of the podcast. Um, this is who it's for. And this is the, these are the ideas that I have. So you can kind of start that by um, just writing some ideas down using Apple Notes, using their app called Freeform, which is like an unlimited canvas app Ooh, where you cool. can add links and um, color palettes and really anything you can think of just to kind of get your ideas out there. But yeah, it's important that you figure out who your audience is before you jump into the logo design process and then use the logo design to create what we call a design language, which is a look and feel for your your podcast. You were saying something, Doc? Hmm. No, I was going to say, here's the best part about Preform, and it's going to blow everybody's mind because I realize that people do not pay attention. They just buy stuff and don't pay attention. Uh, Freeform is <laughs> <Don't> extremely <laughs> expensive, and it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. No, it's actually in your OS. But since people don't use instructions or watch, I don't know, Apple tell you that they're giving you Freeform three years ago for free. <laughs> Most people are like, what's, what's Freeform? How do we get that? That's why it's, it's called Freeform. <laughs> it, right? It's on your phone. It's on your <laughs> iPad. It's on your computer. If you bought a new Mac in the last like three years, it's on there. But, you know, I know I had to go ahead and pump their brake because I am one of the uh, people that gets irritated that people buy expensive computers and phones and don't bother to read the simplest of the instructions. Okay, I'll breathe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you said something that's very important, and I swear, first day of school, man, that was one of the first things they taught us, right? If your audience is everybody, your audience is nobody. Nobody. And yet, I have been at giant podcast conventions, and you know, there's a session happening, and someone goes to the teacher, and the teacher says, hey, so what your audience look like? And they go, oh, you know, well, anybody can listen to my show. No, they can't. Like, if that's your answer, you probably have four people listening to your show. You legit have to know who your audience is. And really cool, you can go to ChatGPT. You can tell them what your podcast is about and tell them to help mm -hmm. you generate a listener avatar or a viewer avatar. And it will help you, like, narrow down by asking questions like who is the person that you're looking for. And I agree, you should have their name and what they do and the whole nine yards because it's easier to know when you're speaking to a particular person, right? Like I knew when we were doing this show that we were talking to Andy and Lala because we kind of knew them ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we kind of knew who our avatar was based off of our avatars, our audience for our software. <laughs> so we kind of got that nailed, right? We're looking for people who want to be as dope as you, but aren't quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. 
I was, it, I'm, I'm going to take the note on Freeform because I'm one of those people that totally doesn't pay attention to what's existing Man, on my computer. I, but oh, I was, see, that's not fair because I showed you Freeform before and I told you and I also offered to, <laughs> I offered to teach you the OS period point blank. And I have actually done Mac OS for creator classes twice and I'm doing another one coming up soon. I know. I, I need to, si- I need to sign up for that. But I will say I, so I will get better at Freeform, but I do know how to rock a Pinterest board. So if you, if you're for whatever so, reason, you're not into the Freeform yet, I think, yeah, being able to kind of visually lay it out for yourself mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. you send it through to someone else is probably, if I've learned one thing over the years of working with designers from all different backgrounds. And I still, Marshall could probably tell you, I still have a lot to learn on how to convey my ideas to a designer, <laughs> but having like some kind of, you know, visual board and just seeing how your ideas play together, like, you know, look at different colors, look at things that, you know, you like, and then compare that against your avatar, I think is a really great way to kind of go through the, the visual brainstorming process. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's important. It does make a really big difference. And uh, you can, I think you can certainly see the difference if you don't do that versus if you do, it can, it can certainly feel not as professional and not as, not as thought through. And then it's, it's harder to, to build on that later if you yeah. started with kind of a, a poor foundation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And quick shameless plug, y'all. I believe, Doc, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I may be yes. the one that came up with the flow riders. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you I, I think you are actually. I think you are. I think you are. <laughs> it's, it's oh funny. my goodness, the OG Flowrider is hanging out with us today. <laughs> yeah, that's it's yeah. man, that's super funny. Because I remember even the week we were clowning around in our little group and I was like, I kept calling everybody to eat Camly, right? But you went to go do a show right after, and you say, what's up, Ecamm fam? And, of course, that's easier because, you know, I have to make things complicated because, you know, I'm a rapper, yeah. so I use words that, you know. And then, and then everybody was like, oh, I like this, Ecamm fam. And I was like, freaking Marshall, you jerk. <laughs> so that's E-Camp hilarious. Fam, one out. Hey, you know, one other thing that's I think is important, and I mentioned this in our How to Do a Podcast Flow. We were going through the steps. If you pick up your phone right now and look at the podcast app, I want you to pay close attention to how many of the thumbnails you can't read. And yet y'all are doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Right. So can you talk, you know, design thought process when it comes to things like that? If you watch the Mm -hmm. podcast from, Mm -hmm. say, Apple or NPR or anybody that's actually making money and look at their thumbnails and then look at what you're doing. Yeah, how do you help people think that through, Mr. Marsh? Yeah, so it's really three main elements that go into a really cool podcast cover. And I've done my share of those. Like a lot of my clients, <laughs> my design business are authors, speakers, coaches. Um, so mm-hmm. they, pretty much they all have podcasts, to be honest. Some of them, you know, one of them in particular gets a million downloads a month. So wow. um, it's three main elements that go into your cover or your thumbnail. So that is the logo, it's a photo, and it's the color scheme. Okay, so logo, photo, and color scheme. Some of them don't have a photo, but most of them do have a photo. And if it's a podcast that's centered around a personal brand, usually it's their photo um, there for credibility reasons. But if you're not that well known, then 
you could go either way. You don't necessarily have to have your photo on there, but you'll definitely want to have your logo down and your color scheme. And with the logo, keep it simple. Okay. Keep it very simple. And usually with podcasts, logos, um, show logos, they're usually text-based. Um, it's not a lot of iconography going on or something that's super custom. Like for example, if you look at the flow logo right now, it's mostly text-based. It is a combination logo, but with the icons, it's a square check, an arrow and a circle, right? It's not like something that's custom with the T and the F and all of that. It's, it's really simple. Yeah. So when you put that on mm -hmm. a cover and you have your color scheme and you can see they use the icons to create the design language. So with the background that we're on, on top of right now, you see a color scheme and you see the faded icons in the background. So they're using the logo to create the design language. So it's really simple. They have a color scheme and a logo, but usually if you check on your Apple podcasts or whatever, um, where we all Apple users, right? <laughs> Most of us have iPhone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you check your podcast app, yeah. Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can see a common theme where it's a simple text-based logo, whether they flip it, uh, sideways or whether they have it at the bottom or the top. Um, usually it's a simple text-based logo. It may have some type of iconography, but then it's usually a photo and then a, a nice color scheme that complements it. So it's real simple. And I guess my, my question, that's awesome. And I think huge, hugely important for us to note, but I, I would say the question that I have is how do you, so we've been preaching and talking endlessly about the fact that people should be both on YouTube for their the video aspect of their podcast, as well as going out to all the different podcast players. How do you carry some of that across for and carry it into like a YouTube thumbnail, right? Because a YouTube thumbnail has a really different vibe and kind of overall characteristics than podcast cover art. So all you have to do, honestly, remember it's YouTube. Okay, so people are going there for video first, whether it's a podcast or whatever. I would keep your thumbnails similar to your regular video thumbnails as long as it's consistent. Like one, one of my clients in particular, um, his name is Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker, but his thumbnails for his podcasts, um, they have a consistent look, but it's not just the logo, right? I don't even think he has the logo on the podcast, on, on the podcast video thumbnails. Um, it just says S2S episode, you know, whatever. And then the top, the name of the episode, but it's a consistent look. So when you go to that playlist on their channel, you know, okay, this is the secret to success podcast. These are what the thumbnails look like for that. But of course you have to use, you know, everything that they preach about on YouTube, <laughs> making sure that the thumbnail is engaging. Usually it's a photo of someone, you know, and if they have a guest, a photo of them, maybe them looking at each other with the, with the name of the episode. So not overly complicated. Um, but it still has, you know, the design language that stems from the, the logo. Another one of my clients, he does have his logo on his thumbnails, right? It says the Next Level Living podcast. And then, you know, he has a similar format as I described previously. So um, as long as the thumbnails are consistent, then you're usually good to go. Of course, do your research. I know some people do A-B testing to try different types of thumbnails and things like that. But as long as it's consistent and it's, it's, you're able to easily read it, and understand what's going on to get people to click, you're usually good to go. All right, I have a, awesome. a super easy question because I know somebody's wanting to ask this, but they don't know the difference. What's the difference between logo and a brand? I hate myself for having to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's so many ways to answer that and everybody ha has their own answer, but mine is 
your logo is just one small element of your entire brand. Like you have a brand, whether you know it or not, like you're literally a walking brand. So your brand is essentially like your vibe, uh, how you show up, what people say about you behind your back when you're not in the room. Like, you know, so that you know, all of that is at least when it comes to personal brands and individuals, um, but even with companies, you know, certain companies, certain they have different brands, they have different reputations, they have different vibes. What is the feeling that you give or your show gives to folks like that's all part of your brand. So not 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 just those intangibles, but also the tangible stuff like your logo, like your design language, like h- how you show up, how you communicate. All of that is part of your brand. So branding or visual branding is trying to um, capture that and display that to the world in whatever way that is, whether it's through your graphics, your website, et cetera, all of your touch points, how you show up visually. That's what branding or visual branding is. There you go. Makes sense. You know, it's funny because I think what you what you did at the end, which helped probably a lot of people is explaining that there's a visual branding and then there's your sort of iconography, your logos, you know, there's the going out and doing the things that will let people know who you are type of situation. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people confuse the two. They don't understand. You know, it's like, say, well, how do you do life? Uh, well, dude, there's so many aspects to life. Same thing with branding. Mm-hmm. Branding. Technically, branding is life. How you act, how you show, how you glow up, how you present yourself to the world, that is your personal branding. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's funny because people went out and started telling everybody about, oh, you need to make a personal brand. You have a personal brand. You yep, just don't you know it. it. And Marshall has said the key element, what do people say about you behind your back? Mm-hmm. Right? In casual conversation. Whatever people, <laughs> whatever people say about you behind your back is your personal brand whether you know it or not (laughs) so there it is you know there's the one person like who's the nicest person in the world and you know blah 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 and you know she's canadian but you know she's so cool and so well read and oh sorry Sorry. (laughs) hey that's not behind my back i'm right here (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah so that was really cool I'm, i'm glad you pointed out your visual branding is slightly different and uh, it can be a part of what you do, right? You know what I'm saying? So it can be a part of how you're running your show. There was these two girls before, and I always use them as an example because I think they're one of the one of the best examples because I, I watched it happen. And I, I remember sending them to Kate's when they first started because Katie and I both love a true crime. And these girls were horrible, <laughs> but they were good. They were so horrible that they were good because you could just listen to their friendship at a time where we were all at home by ourselves. So we're all at home, we're all alone, and you're just vicariously listening to their their friendship happen. They just happened to be talking about true crime, and they got better and better, and they started writing books and speaking at shows, and their podcast is massive now. But they, I still feel that they're still them. I don't feel like yeah. they've changed and that's another part that's cool too many people are trying to be something that you ain't that is not sustainable yeah actually though that does that does bring up a really good question for marshall is so the morbid podcast that doc was just talking about definitely went from being like they they blew up during you know during the middle of the podcast they became insanely popular the whole true crime genre became incredibly popular 
And they went from, you know, having like pretty poor audio quality and like almost no branding for the, you know, they had hobbled it together the way that many of us do when we're just starting. So how do you, how do you approach like thinking through at what point should you potentially rebrand or refresh your branding because now you have, you know, potentially a bigger audience, more budget to be able to allow something like that, or just, you know, like it's time for, you know, in your mind, it's time to, to make it look a little bit more professional or more in line with where you are now. How do you, Mm -hmm. how do you kind of lay that out and, and think that through without kind of losing, you know, what made it special in the first place? Yeah, you answered it. (laughs) You answered it. That's exactly, (laughs) that's exactly when, when you start getting more of a budget, um, you start getting more of a budget when you feel that it's time to, to rebrand. And when you just want yep. something new, something fresh, that's more quality and more in alignment with where you're heading. It's not just where you, about where you are. It's like, where are we going? Right. So that's, yeah. that's when you do it. And um, I talk to a lot of people about this in particular because pretty much all of my clients now, like seven, eight figure um, businesses, usually centered around a personal brand, typically. And I've noticed a pattern that they got to that point without the flashy logo they got to that point with the (laughs) logo that they did on their own or you know Mm -hmm. homie did or fiverr so at the end of the day it's about how fire is your business or your content or whatever like you can't just have a dope logo and a dope podcast thumbnail and all of that and have a crappy show right you you have to bring Mm -hmm. that audience in organically you have to get it out the mud you have to make sure that you have that steak first before you try to put some sizzle on it. So um, <laughs> I'm not to say, I'm not yeah. not to say that you're just gonna go out here and just um, haphazardly create your logo. You still want to use you know some 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 logic and some guidelines when you create it initially, right? Um, do the best that you can, but I wouldn't spend like five, ten, twenty grand on creating the logo for your show yet. You know, when it's kind of just starting yeah. off, but you'll know when that time comes and if that time comes, because um, I used to work with clients who would spend, you know, several, a, a lot of money on their branding only six months down the road to say, you know what, my product isn't that great or I'm, I'm not really feeling this industry like I thought I would. You know, they wasted money. Right. So it's like you want to get that market validation first before you, you uh, really invest significantly into rebranding or updating. And you can always do that to say, look. I need something that's going to hold me over for now. Of course, make it as, as, as good as you can make it. But then at some point when we get more revenue, then we'll rebrand um, or update or refresh or what have you. Yeah, you know, that's a very good point. I totally like to look at the brands that are super, super big now and sort of famous. And they're still using the type logo that they mm-hmm. made probably in word art <laughs> way back in the day, right? Like, okay, a, a large portion of the people are sitting here looking at a uh, Shure logo. That logo is from yeah. 1928. Ain't nobody oh. touched it since 1928. You know what they did to it? Last year, they made it green. Whew. Step up. You know, like you look at road. Uh, they didn't spend a lot of money on it. They just put the, the last name and called it a day. It's just there, mm-hmm. road gangster like people are overthinking it like you know you're right do something uh simple typography and let it ride until you got Mm -hmm. your 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 fruit in the game and to this day 
People go out and shop for the giant Nike logo, not the swoosh. That one was different, but the, just uh-huh. the words uh-huh. written uh-huh. in simple font, you know, straight across. Ain't nobody know. Uh, Supreme should have told people that you can do dope stuff with a simple logo with very little uh-huh. adjustments to it. Here's the thing. If your stuff is good, the logo's dope. <laughs> That's what it uh-huh. is. If, you're, if your That's, stuff is yeah. good, the logo is absolutely dope. Nobody's caring. Uh-huh. What a lot of people are using, and this is, we've all done it. I may have done it. I, I'm not even going may. I know I've done it. We've all done it. We wanted this, this logo to hide the fact that we were going to be smaller than our competition. We were hoping that having the doper logo of all the people in the competition was going to somehow give us provenance. But that's not where provenance comes from. Provenance comes from you doing the work and you showing up and, you know, you being what your customers are looking for when they're looking for it. So, yeah, yeah, just cruise the store one day and look at the logos that, you know, somebody nephew made, but they still kicking it to this. Yeah. And a big part of that is the fact that that's that proves your point that branding is more than a logo. So when people are Mm -hmm. buying into the brand. You know, the logo isn't that even, it's not even that big of a deal. You know, think about Supreme. Like, when you think about Supreme, whatever thoughts come to your mind, that's their brand. You know, whether it's skaters, whether it's LA, whether it's, you know, premium but simple, minimal, what have you, that's their brand, right? So all of those intangibles, like that feeling that you get when you think about something like Supreme or even Sure, you know, you know it's premium, you know it's the best in the business, you know, and, you know, they try to get a that's a bit more accessible and, you know, to either younger podcasters or people that aren't as techie with the, the MB7 and now the new SM7DB. Yeah. Um, DB. You know, you have a feeling <laughs> yeah. when you think of Sure, right? And that logo is just this one small part of it. Yeah. It makes me think a little bit about, about like brand recognition and everything you just said there. It's, I guess what, it, I think a little bit about like how, how careful you probably need to be. And hopefully we all get to this, this point, you know, I think many of us are not quite there yet, but you know, if you've been working and building up a podcast for some length of time and you have a pretty like, you know, solid following, whatever that number is, and then you decide that you want to do some kind of brand refresher update. Yeah. You know, I guess how, how cautious or careful do you need to be to not make it so drastic of a change that you're like shocking or upsetting (laughs) your constant following? Like, Again, I think about Morbid and mm-hmm. they've recently changed their theme song. And like, I'm mm-hmm. sure their initial theme song was probably something that was like, you know, found quickly and easily, like even the Flows theme song that we're now, you know, used to and hearing often. It's, it's like changes like that. Like I noticed that and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. Like this doesn't right. feel like my show. And so, it, <laughs> yeah, I wonder like, obviously that's an important aspect as you're thinking through your initial branding and also at that point where you feel like, oh, I'm ready to, to do something different, you know, I guess what are the things you have to consider or how careful should you be at that point that you're not totally throwing everything away or finding super what you need to hold on to? Su- super, you want to be yeah. super careful. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Especially when it comes to the logo, I would make slight refreshes. Even if you like Google brand refreshes, look at Pepsi, you know, yeah. Tropicana mm-hmm. over the years, you'll see it's like iterations. So they still Dude, Burger retain. King, I swear they change it every three or four years. Burger King be right. switching that logo. <laughs> yeah. And now they, it's like they went back to the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Right? But look, yeah, part yeah, of their they, brand, they Doc, back. glad you mentioned that. Look, yeah. you can have the colors, the green, the red, the brown, and you know that's Burger King. 
right? So the logo yeah. is one yeah. small part of it, but they have that 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 signature color scheme mm-hmm. of the Whopper. That's part of their branding. You look at the bags, it's like four stripes, and you know that's a Whopper. You know, so that's yeah. <laughs> that's that feeling. You can almost smell it looking <laughs> at those colors. And I know I can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that, that's 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 a really good point. But to to answer your question, Katie, keep keep the changes simple. And especially those staples, like the theme song, that's huge. My wife and I recently picked mm-hmm. back up watching The Walking Dead. And the, the new mm-hmm. intro, oh, we're on season eight. I was like, oh, this is dope. But they kept the music. And we both said to each other, I'm yeah. glad they kept the music. Because you can just hear that music coming on. You don't even have to be looking at the TV. You can be cleaning up the kitchen. You hear that music and you know it's time for The Walking Dead. Yeah. Had they changed that music, that would have annoyed us. You know what I'm saying? Like you could change even the, the Game of Thrones every season. They would make change the little am- animation, but it's the sil- it's the same. Whatever it is, violin or whatever that they play and the drums. You know that's the that's Game of Thrones coming on. And I would also bring your audience into that process. Should you decide to rebrand or refresh, you know, say, hey guys, this is what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. We maybe want to bring you into the process. Um, make it fun. Make it collaborative, and then they will feel like they, you know, they have more more stake in the game. Um, and make it fun, and that way you know you're creating something that your audience won't hate as well. Dude, you know what's yeah. super funny is Game of Thrones, and I'm glad you mentioned it because that's my that's my steez. You can go into the grocery store and really loudly go hmm 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 and stop. Somebody would go hmm hmm somebody would, <laughs> yeah. somebody will like add yep. it in. You know that's one of it those ones that you you. You could trigger a symphony, you know, like the old joint where we said would be funny, walk around the store and just walk into the aisle and pop in real quick and be like, Ba-da-ba-da! and then wait for somebody in the, in the aisle to go, uh, 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 and it's inevitable. Somebody does it, yeah. right? It's just one of those things that happens. So very cool. Uh, here's something, uh, Katie, to, to your point, and I thought it was a, a good uh, option, you know, a lot of it is what your audience is used to. And I guess if you're at the level where your audience is big enough, why not invite them to work yeah. on a rebranding? I mean, like, guys, we got this new thing coming up and, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're at a level and we want to we want to do some rebranding to help more people find the show. And you guys, I mean, I kind of owe it to you. Here, uh, that's working this. What can we do? And, you know, people will be excited and you don't have to listen to them, but just invite them in. And then, <laughs> and then you have it, you know, so there it is. Now. This is a super good question, and it goes on to what I was saying, and so it's kind of funny that we think the same, um, because, yeah, I hate to admit that I think like this guy, <laughs> but Jeff even <laughs> asked the, the point, how soon should you start educating your audience that the brand is going to go through a refresh? Should it be a month? Should it be three months? Now, that, you know, mm-hmm. that's a fantastic question, because that goes on to what I was saying. Yeah, so it all depends on when you decide to do that. But most of the viewers of this, um, unless you're going to just do redo your your logo now, because a lot of us, if you're just starting out, we're still at a point where we could update it. Unless you're starting to get traction. If you're starting to get traction, I would I would hold off. You know, you don't want to undo anything that that's working for you right now. Um, mm-hmm. But let's say it's a year down the line and you say, OK, I think I want to go ahead and, and refresh. Then just let them know whenever, whenever you think the time is right. Um, and I would do the bulk of it or use your own research to, um, to kind of initiate and get the process going and then have them involved, just like Doc said, if you want to invite them in. But as far as the decision making, you don't want to have too many birds chirping. Like you don't want to have too much, too much input. 
So I would maybe do like some type of polls. Maybe once you narrow down the three logos you like the best or something like that, say, hey, which one of these, do a poll or something, hey, which one of these are you feeling the most, yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. You could do something as simple as put it up in your Instagram stories or, you know, things like that. I've seen some of my clients do things like, like that. I'll send over um, some designs, a couple concepts, and next thing you know, it'll be in their Instagram stories and people are voting on them. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you were doing that, but it's very effective, <laughs> right? And then they'll send me a decision shortly after that so i mean that's something that you could do as well hey all right so i got i got a question for you real quick too right um this is one of these weird doc questions you probably listen to a lot of say people coming on and talking about branding right you know quote unquote branding experts or logo experts or whatever about branding when it comes to branding what is the question should be asking but people are not asking the number one thing I would say would just going back to the beginning of the conversation is about the audience. I feel like a lot of people try to approach the branding process, not even considering the audience. They make it all about themselves. Like, this is what I want. I need this in the logo. I need a pen that represents my mother because she used to sew. And I need a hat because my dad used to wear a particular type of hat. And it has all this meaning to me. But what does that have to do with your audience? What does that have to do with your actual logo or your business or your podcast or whatever? It may not have anything to do with it. It may completely fly over your audience's head. So when you when you enter that territory, you'll find yourself having to explain what this means, what that means in the logo. You're not always going to be able to do that. And you want the logo and the branding to draw people in, you know, without you having to do that yourself. So what's going to make them want to click on it and view your 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 show or your podcast or click on it and listen to your podcast without you having to explain, okay, this is why I have this in the logo. This is why I have that in the logo. And you can eradicate all that if you, you start with what your audience would like, what would appeal to them first and foremost. That's the most important thing out of what I do, honestly, is um, identifying and prioritizing my clients, target audiences. That's huge. Because that's what it's about at the end of the day. Like You're not just putting out content just because you, you feel like it. You're doing it to add value to somebody, right? So- this is huge. Yeah. It's been such a, it's like super important for all the, for all those in the back. This has been mm -hmm. like a very common theme that has gone through almost every single episode of this show. No matter what topic we're discussing has been this, like, what is, what is your passion for what you're trying to create? It should be helping other people. And who are those people? Like you're not going to be able to brainstorm what your show is about, come up with topic ideas, know what mm -hmm. kind of guests to bring on, know how, like all, all of yeah. the steps and process of a podcast or any kind of show or, I mean, or a, or a business, I guess, in general, is mm -hmm. really thinking that through, like, what what is your why and who mm -hmm. are the people right. that you are doing it for? So that's huge. I think it, and it's, it is weirdly enough easy to forget. It shouldn't be, but it is right. one of those things where because like the, especially with branding, because the branding is so visual and such a, and such a like fun part of the process, like how does right. the show look like you know what are the cool like frames you have around it i think it can be really easily forgotten especially if you are starting off by doing it yourself like it's really mm -hmm. easy for us to jump into like a canva or an adobe express and be like yeah, i like purple purple in the background right. i like circles i'm gonna put you know it's like it's it is easy to kind of get distracted by how easy some of these tools are and you know and lose kind of what the purpose is behind it so i think it's an important yep. reminder yep so here's, an, here's another one for everybody. This is for Marshall, Katie, folks in the live studio audience, <laughs> and folks listening at home. You could actually write in and answer this question. 
I, I would like you to think back and yes or no, or some sort of positive or negative affirmation. Have you like literally gone into your podcast app, uh, your aggregator, and then you're scrolling through looking for a podcast and stop on one because the logo caught your eye or because oh, the, uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I've ever mm -hmm. picked a show because of the logo. I, that's just me, but I'm curious. Has anybody ever? Oh, I do. You, <laughs> oh, I absolutely. I'm, do. I'm equally bad for that with like so, with shows so show and with it? bottles of wine. <laughs> what show is it? <laughs> well, bottles of wine. Okay, so the reason why I asked about the show because I see I say logo. You might be talking about label. Label and logo ain't the same thing. That's right? true. That's actually that's a thumbnail. Good thumbnail and logo are not the same thing. NPR podcast. Yeah. Their logo is really, really tiny in the top. It just says NPR in blue and red and yeah. whatever. You can't, even, you don't even pay attention to it. You're looking at the actual cover art. So I said logo, because you know, we were talking about logos. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't picked. Yeah, I don't right. think I've picked by the logo. I've definitely though gone through like Apple Podcasts, for example, and been like, oh, I want to find a new you know, cooking podcast or true crime podcast or what have you, and then scrolled through and, ch and made decisions to read more or learn more or listen to that show based on what their cover art is. Yes. So, and that was my point. Like cover art is important. I think a lot of people stress out over their logo and you're not even going to see it. Like most people, mm -hmm. the, the iHeart podcast, the iHeart logo is really tiny. It's not very big. In Wandry, the Wandry podcast, the Wandry logo is normally either black or white, and it's just the word wandery with written in neutral display. Uh, this weird typeface you wouldn't know about. Uh, but it's again, you're not, you're not, you're not looking at it. You don't even know it's there. Like most people have listened to wandery shows and don't even know they're wandery shows other than the advertisements, right? When you listen to a podcast on Twit, the Twit logo is really tiny. This, you know, week in photo, or sorry, this week in tech is big. Uh, MacBreak Weekly is big. Uh, iOS Today is big, but the Twit logo is small. So again, don't freak out on the logo. Let's worry about getting your. Um, I just said it. Cover art. Let's cover worry art. about getting your cover <laughs> art squared away, and that should be primarily letters and and pictures. I think that like even for us, we probably need to redo ours because we put the title on there, but sometimes the title gets psycho and you can't read it. So like you know. I'd, we should just have it more about, you know, something that's going to drag your eye in. And I think mm -hmm. if you look yeah. at what, if you look at the current offerings and you realize the changes that have been made in the podcast app, they were made in order to make it discovery better. Apple gave us a heads up. They told us what to do and still people haven't changed it. And so when you look at it in a list format, yo, some of these, I'm looking at big time shows. I'm like, bruh, you're only living off of popularity right now. But there is going to be zero discovery with this look and feel. <laughs> Looking at you, Sarah yeah. Silverman. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an influx of new podcasts that, you know, just like the internet, you know, like so, so many websites out here. Some of them are junk, some of them are good. But, you know, having the right information could, could help set you apart, just like Doc saying. So, Sarah Silverman, I haven't seen it, but just because somebody has a big platform doesn't mean that they have, their stuff is good. You know, mm -mm. it's like that's my whole business is based on that, <laughs> you know, more established businesses, personal brands. But that doesn't mean that their stuff is fire. Right. So you can kind of <laughs> set yourself apart by being a little more intentional about setting 
your cover art, your logo and your branding the best you can right now, rather than just not, you know, paying attention to it at all. Yeah, this is a this is a great question. I think I know the answer to it, but I'm excited to ask it anyway. What about taglines? How do you approach? So you have your name of your show itself. But if you have a tagline, do you incorporate that into any of your podcast artwork or should that just be left off because we're trying to be more minimal? Yeah, I would leave it off. Maybe put it in your your description, your podcast description. It's good to, to have one in mind. Um, you say don't put it in the description. <laughs> what? I don't know your tagline. Okay, straight up. Do you one of my best friends in the planet? I don't even know your freaking tagline. <laughs> so how am, how am I going to Google your tagline so the description helps me find your podcast? I am Steve off the street. I don't know you. What about your tagline am I Googling? Yeah, you're right. You're not going to Google it. But in so, my so opinion, therefore it's useless. Yeah, you, 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 could, you could take that approach. But in my opinion, at least it could kind of serve as your, your North Star um, or like almost like an elevator pitch. You know, somebody asks you like, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. what, what do you have? Oh, I have the high value designer podcast. It's, you know, business tips, tools for graphic designers. You know, something simple that tells it's almost like an impact statement. You know, it may not be a catchy yeah. tagline, but as long as it's something that you could tell somebody in one sentence what it's about. Um, that's kind of what I'm okay, talking about. I recommend. So that goes having in that. your podcast summary. That's not in the description. So again, this is where people are missing of the mechanics, right? In your MP3, you have a podcast summary. And then you have a description of your show, right? The summary is going to come before the description. So in other words, I've been said it backwards. Put that, you can put that in the description, but not in the summary. The summary is what is the little three or four lines that pops up. That's only like a hundred and eighty ish characters that let someone know what that particular episode's about. Right. But in your oh, description, okay, yes, you. we yeah. definitely have that stuff in our descriptions. Those are yeah. still Googleable. but I have a whole chart on how Apple podcast still the one that matters on how they scan your podcast for the words when people search, right? And I got this from, I don't know, one of the main people at Libsyn who hosts the majority of the podcasts out there for as long as they have, and they have all the information. So Rob Walsh has a whole masterclass on what people should and shouldn't be putting in their stuff and where and how Apple searches for it. And once I read that, I'm like, yo, 99% of the podcasts out there doing it wrong and wonder why they're not discoverable. Because we're trying to make discovery based off of humans, but you got to remember the human is reading what the robot read, right? Mm -hmm. So wanting to put that love in there because that's you and that's what people are going to catch. You're assuming people read that. No, a mm -hmm. robot reads it. The person mm -hmm. reads what the robot feeds. The robot feeds what they read. So if they skipped over your line, the human's never going to see it. The reason why they know it is because they did actually come for whatever other reason. And now it's ingrained in their head because they hear you say it enough. That's branding. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. you want discovery based off of your branding, you do not waste that real estate with what you think is cute because you feel good. Feelings ain't facts, folks. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all know, look, y'all, I'm the man of the people. So... <laughs> description summary tomato tomato i think the people know what i meant when i said just have it in mind you know when you, when you out no, here well, maybe we can have another episode that. on discovery but this one's about yeah you know yeah. branding no people, yeah, we can get people into 100 percent understand that <laughs> you and you do have to know that i want everybody to remember that the people 100 understand that 
but unless you brought them there, the robot is searching it first. This is where people, you know, in their you know, SEO, this Need is where people always mess up. Yeah, you got it. You, exactly. So just know it. It's cool that you do it, but make sure you put it in a place where it's going to help the more people find it. Because I'm sure your obvious goal is to help as many people as possible. Or actually take that. For back. sure. <laughs> yeah. It might not be as many people. It's the right people. I think that's a better The right approach. people, yeah. 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 As many of the, the right many, people. The many, the, yeah, the, the many people is how we get in trouble because we'd be trying to please everybody and then you can't right. really find your audience that way. So that's important as well. All right. Yeah. Last question. So we're sensitive to Marshall's time and everyone's schedule. Is there a way to test if your logo or brand will be effective? Granted, one that followed all the checklist guidelines in creating and during pre-launch. Can you test it? Well, I would ask your audience, you know, put it up, ask them what they think about it. Um, that's, that's an easy way, but I have a criteria that I like to use. Um, it's pretty much a bulletproof formula. Um, it's making sure that your logo is simple. We talked about that today. Um, not a lot going on, not too much going on with it. You know, make sure it's two to three colors, max. A simple icon, if you use some type of icon, make sure that it's memorable. Make sure that it's timeless, like the examples Doc shared earlier, your Shure logo. Um, I forget what the other one is that wasn't changed since like, oh, you know, Nike, whatever. Those logos haven't mm -hmm. been changed, mm -hmm. you know, 50 plus years because they're timeless. Is it versatile? So when you scale it down at the corner of your show, like the flows up <laughs> that you're, you're looking at right there, scale it down, put it at the corner of a video, put it at the top of your website, um, on your cover art which is on people's phones, which is small. When people first see it, can they read it? Is it legible? Do they know what it is? Or do you have to pull out a magnifying glass or zoom in to see what's going on in your logo? They shouldn't have to do that. Is it appropriate to your audience? And is it unique? You know, simple, memorable, timeless, versatile, appropriate, and unique. Unique is like a bonus because that goes without saying, but that's the, the bulletproof logo criteria that I would use when creating your logos. Does that answer your question, Katie? Am I missing anything? Oh my gosh. No, that's, that's perfect. I think. And write that down, everyone. <laughs> we'll have to yes. follow up and Simple, add that into memorable, the description. timeless, versatile, <laughs> appropriate, and unique. And unique. Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> huge. Well, Marshall, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. And for anyone that is listening uh, later or miss the beginning of this episode, Marshall is live on the Ecamm channel every single Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, often including like two days from now. So October 26, he does yep, yep. these like live sessions where he literally is creating podcast branding and podcast logos on the on the go. So uh, if you know, if you're like, wow, I would really like to be able to like walk through that process. It, that's a really great opportunity. I think it's, it's a really special what you're doing there and, and people love it. So it's, it's a lot of fun to just see kind of how your mind works as you're thinking through some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all definitely tune in because it's, it's a lot of fun and usually it may be two or three people that volunteer, you know, out of the viewers, you know, um, so mm -hmm. you have a good chance yeah. of getting selected almost like, you know, the claw on <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, we you know, have been it, chosen. yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun and you, it nail, it nails the, the, I don't want to say put the nail in the coffin, but it drives the point home that it, if you keep it real simple, <laughs> it doesn't have to take you that long. Right. So I yeah. usually, you know, can knock a logo out and in about an hour for the podcast It's a bit different than the personal branding, uh, the corporate branding that yeah. I do, but 
Um, you can see how simple it is. And I usually get some type of inspiration from somewhere else. So I have to do the thinking part and I, you know, may select something and, and build off of it. So it's a lot of fun, man. And shout out to to those. I think OBS is in the audience yeah. today. We did her logo. Yeah. Saw Mommy Lala. Of course, we created the logos um, at Creator Camp. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely tune in, y'all. Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Luis, roll our credits. <laughs> Boom. Thank you. You could find the flow at flow.ecam.com. And this is where you can drop in all of your questions. We have the ability for you to send us an email. You can send us to flow at ecam.com or you can reach us any of the socials and say, hey, I was listening to flow and I have a question. And so there you can do that there. And then also we want to remind you that we absolutely love Captivate. We use Captivate to host our show. And part of the reason why we picked Captivate is they have a wonderful growth platform that helps you grow your podcast. This is where you're going to find out all of the cool information that you're looking for, like how does Apple search actually works, uh, the title, the author, and then it's sorted by the number of subscribers. So knowing that makes it easier for you to do things like take the word the out of the main portion of your title. Turns out the is really bad for your title as we listen to the flow. <laughs> so also next, we like to give some shout outs to the script. The script is what we use. And it's funny. I've been watching people in the community talk a lot about the script recently because people are like, oh, should I really do the script? Like everyone keeps talking about it. Should I? Use? Yeah, absolutely. The answer is yes. Just use it. It does make your job easier, especially people who love to say, I like recording this, but I don't know how to edit. Guess what the script does? It makes editing really, really simple. Because if you can use Word, you can use the script. And therefore, you would edit your podcast. So we'd like to say one more time, thank you to all of the Flow Riders. Big ups to Mr. Marshall Fox for coming through and kicking it with us today. <laughs> and I've been outfoxed. <laughs> Marshall Fox and Katie Fox, you get it? <laughs> ah! Flow Riders! Out. <laughs> Bye, everyone.